Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. Islamic system of morality by Dr. Muhammad Hamidullah. Forward. Perhaps the most salient feature which distinguishes Islam from other religious beliefs and ideologies is its comprehensive and all-pervasive nature. The Islamic system of life, generally known as the Sharia, mainly deals with all the major areas of a human activity, namely the intellectual, the physical, the spiritual, and the moral. Although almost all religious systems claim to be based on moral values and to aspire for the realization of some moral ideals, but the main difference between the moral teachings of Islam and other philosophies is that Islam integrates its moral teachings with its general life scheme. This integration is referred to by the Holy Prophet of Islam, may peace and a blessing fall be upon him, as the perfection of excellent moral. He declares that the primary objective of his message was the perfection of moral excellences. It is because of this integration of morality with the general attitude of Islam about which guarantees a positive and creative vitality of the moral teachings of Islam. It is because of this integration of morality with the general attitude of Islam about which guarantees a positive and creative vitality of the moral teachings of Islam. There have been many ethical philosophies propounded by the philosophers of various nations. There have been systems of ethical principles developed by various thinkers belonging to different ages. There has been an unceasing chain of books on morality and ethics suggesting to the members of a human family what they ought or ought not to do. But all these efforts, however academic they might have been, however rational they might appear to be, and however systematically they might have been presented, could never achieve, could never achieve the sublime, the sublime status of a living practice and model example of a whole community of believers, of a whole community of believers with a university message and eternal mission, eternal mission. <clears throat> the moral teachings of the Quran on the other hand found their practical manifestation in the life of the holy prophet Muhammad may peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him his exemplary conduct represented the Quran incarnate once his life once his wife Aisha once his wife Aisha was asked what was the moral conduct of the Prophet of Islam? Do not you read the Quran or don't you read the Quran? 
was the exclamation of Aisha. When the person asking the question answered in the affirmative that he does read the Quran, Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, explained to him that the moral conduct of the Holy Prophet, that the moral conduct of the Holy Prophet was nothing but a demonstration of the Quran in actual life. The Dawah Academy plans to publish series of books and booklets for modern educated Muslims and members of intelligentsia. Written on various themes and aspects of Islam, these booklets are intended to present the teachings of Islam in a rational and scientific manner. The present booklet on the Islamic system of morality is written by Dr. Muhammad Hamidullah, a renowned scholar of the modern world of Islam. He has not only written on Islamic system of morality, but Almighty Allah has also honored him with the strength and guidance to live a life which represents the model ideals of Islam. May Allah prolong his life. Dr. Mahmoud A. Ghazi, Director General, Dawa Academy. Men may be divided into three principal categories. One, those who are good by nature and incorruptible in the face of temptations, whose very instinct suggests to them whatever is good and charitable. Two, those who are just the contrary and are incorrigible. And three, those who belong to the intermediary group and behave suitably if they are constrained thereto by supervision or sanction, but who otherwise lapse into a state of carelessness or do injustice to others. This last category comprises the immense majority of the human race the members of the other two extreme categories comprising but a few individuals. The first kind of the human angels, if I may say if I may say so, does not require any direction or control, but it is the second kind of the human devils which must be controlled and prevented from doing evil. Great attention has to be devoted to the third kind of the human men or the humankind. The members of this third category resemble in certain respects the beast. They are calm and content with what they uh, possess so long as they perceive nothing better in the possession of others or do not suspect some mischief on the part of others. The members of this uh, third category resemble in certain respect the beast. The beast, they are calm and content with what they possess so long as they perceive nothing better in the possession of others or do not suspect some mischief on the part of others. Sorry for the S uh, for simile, but that's just uh, a simile. And of course, 
the human being stands honorable. The, or this evil propensity, this evil propensity in the face of temptations has been at all times the object of intense preoccupation on the part of a human society. This evil propensity in the face of temptations has been at all times the object of intense preoccupation on the part of human society. Thus the father controls his children, the head of the family, of the tribe, of the city-state, or of any other group of men, tries to force those who are placed under his authority to be content with what they possess and not to usurp that which others have obtained in an honest and legitimate way. Perhaps the very aim of a human society is no other than controlling temptations and remedying the damage already done. All men, even members of the same nation, are never developed alike. A noble spirit is willing to sacrifice and do uh, works of charity. <coughs> An intelligent spirit sees very far. An intelligent spirit sees very far, and the consequences which would compromise the immediate gain prevented from doing evil, even if it should not be persuaded to sacrifice on its own initiative. Again, an intelligent spirit sees very far, and the consequences which would uh, compromise the immediate gain prevented from doing evil, even if it is, even if it should not be persuaded to sacrifice on its own initiative. As to the ordinary spirit, not only does it not willingly consent to sacrifice, but even permits itself to thrive at the expense of others unless there be a fear of violent and immediate reaction on the part of its victim or society or any other superior power. And the spirit and the obtuse spirit is not deterred even by this fear and persists till the last in its criminal intent struggling against all opposition until it is placed by society in a state where it can no more have a nuanced value such as a punishment by death or imprisonment. All laws all religions and all philosophies try to persuade the masses or the intermediary category to behave in a suitable manner and even to offer voluntary sacrifices in order to help the poor, the destitute and those who have needs and yet cannot satisfy them for no fault of theirs. Characteristic Traits of Islam characteristic traits of Islam. Islam is an all-embracing code of life. Not only does it prescribe beliefs, but also the rules of social behavior. Moreover, it occupies itself with the nicer application and functioning of its laws. We know that Islam does not believe in the life of this world as an end in itself, or in body without any relation to soul. On the contrary, it teaches belief in the hereafter. Its motto 
as enunciated by the Quran is the best in this world as well as the best in the hereafter. It is thus that not only does it praise the good and condemn the evil, but also provides rewards and sanctions, both spiritual and material. As far as its injunctions and prohibitions are concerned, Islam inculcates in the spirit the fear of God, the last judgment after the resurrection, and the punishment of the hell fire. Not content with this, it takes all possible precautions in the realm of material sanctions in order to deter man from permitting himself acts of injustice and violation of the rights of others. It is thus that the believer prays and fasts even when he is not coerced to do that. He pays the tax even when the government ignores fixation of the amount or finds itself unable to obtain payment by force. The Basis of Morality The Basis of Morality Often it so happens that motives or Circumstances bring about a profound change in the import of acts which outwardly seem to resemble one another. Often, it so happens that motives or circumstances bring about a profound change in the import of acts which outwardly seem to resemble one another. For instance, the death occasioned at the hands of a brigand, the death occasioned at the hands of a brigand, of a hunter mistaking his victim for a game, of a fool or a miner in self-defense by a headsman executing this capital punishment ordered by a tribunal, a soldier defending his country against an aggressive invasion, etc., Uh, a, a soldier uh, defending his country against an aggressive invasion, etc. In all these cases, the killing is sometimes punished more or less severely, sometimes pardoned, sometimes considered a normal duty, entailing neither praise nor condemnation, and sometimes obtains high praise and honor. Almost all human life is composed of acts whose good and evil are relative. This is why the Prophet Muhammad has often declared acts will be judged only according to intentions. Islam is based on the belief of a divine revelation sent to men through prophets as intermediary. Its law and morality even as its faith are therefore based on divine commandments It is possible that in the majority of cases, a human reason also should arrive at the same conclusion, but essentially it is the divine aspect which has the decisive significance in Islam and not the reasoning of a philosopher, a jurist, or a moralist. The more so because the reasoning of different individuals may differ and lead to completely opposite conclusions. Sometimes the motive of Discipline is found underlying an obligation and a practice which is apparently superfluous. Sometimes the motive of discipline is found underlying an obligation 
and a practice which is apparently superfluous. One may divide human actions, first of all, into good and evil, represented by orders and prohibitions. The acts from which one must abstain are also divided into two big categories, those against which there is temporal sanction or material punishment. The acts, the acts from which one must abstain are also divided into two categories, those against which there is temporal sanction or material punishment, in addition to condemnation on the day of the final judgment, those which are condemned by Islam without providing a sanction other than that of the hereafter. In a saying attributed to the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and reported by uh, Qadi Iyad in his Shifa, uh, and, uh, we see the conception of life envisaged by Islam. Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, asked the Prophet one day about the principles governing his general behavior, and he replied, Knowledge is my capital. Knowledge is my capital. Reason is the basis of my religion. Love is my foundation. Desire is my mount for riding. Remembrance of God, Allah, is my uh, comrade. Confidence is my treasure. Anxiety is my companion. Science is my arm. Patience is my mantle. Contentment is my booty. Modesty is my pride. Renunciation of pleasure is my profession. Certitude is my food. Truth is my intercessor. Obedience is my sufficiency. Struggle is my uh, habit. Uh, and the delight of my heart is in the surface of worship. The saying is for Ali or attributed to Ali. It has nothing to do with the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu On the other hand, or on another occasion, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu may peace and blessing be upon him, said, the sum total of wisdom is the fear of God, Allah. Islamic, the sum total of wisdom is the fear of God. Islamic morality begins with the renunciation of all adoration outside God, but it, uh, but its adoration of the self, uh, egoism, but its adoration of the self, egoism, or adoration of of our own handicrafts, idols, superstitions, etc., and the renunciation of all that degrades humanity, atheism, injustice, etc. Let me repeat that. On the on another occasion, the Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessing for Allah be upon him, said, the sum total of wisdom is the fear of God. Islamic morality begins with the renunciation of all adoration outside God, be it adoration of the self-egoism or adoration of our own handicrafts, idol and superstitions, and the renunciation of all that degrades uh, degrades humanity. Uh, atheism, injustice. And 
renunciation and renounce and the renunciation of all that degrades humanity, atheism and injustice, abolishing the ineluctable in inequalities, abolishing the ineluctable inequalities based on race, color of skin, language, place of birth. Islam has proclaimed abolishing the ineluctable inequalities in equalities based on race, color of skin, language, uh, place of birth. Islam has proclaimed and realized more than any other system the superiority of the individual based solely on morality, which is a thing accessible and open to everybody without exception. Thus, it is what the Quran has said in chapter 49, verse 13, O mankind, lo, we have created you. O mankind, lo, we have created you of a male and a female and have made you nations and tribes that you may know one another. Verily, the noblest of you in the sight of Allah is the one who is the most pious. Lo, God or Allah is nor all-knowing, all-aware. In a beautiful passage, chapter 17, verse, verse, verses 23 to 29, the Quran gives 12 commandments to the Muslim community and says, one, the Lord hath decreed that you worship none save him. Two, and that you know, uh, and that you show kindness, and that you show kindness to parents. If one of them or both of them were to attain old age with thee, say no, say not fie unto them, nor repulse them. <coughs> but speak unto them a gracious word and lower unto them the wing of tenderness through mercy and say, My Lord, have mercy on them both as they did care for me when I was little. Your Lord is best aware of what is in your minds. If you are righteous, then lo, he is ever forgiving unto those who turn unto him. Three, Give the kinsman his due, and the poor, and the wayfarer, and squander not thy wealth in wantonness, and squander not thy wealth in wantonness. Lo, the squanderers are ever brothers of the devils. The devil was an integrate to his lord. But if thou turn away from them, waiting mercy from thy Lord, for which thou hopest, then speak unto them a convenient word. For, for, and let not thy hand be chained to thy neck, nor open it with a complete opening, lest thou sit down rebuked, uh, denuded. Lo, thy Lord enlargeth the provision for whom he will, and straighteneth it from whom he will. Lo, he is ever nor seer and of his slaves. Lo, he is ever nor seer of his slaves. 5. Slay not your children, fearing a fall to penury. We shall provide for them and for you. Lo, the slaying of them is a great sin. 6. And come not near unto fornication, 
Lo, it is an abomination and an evil way. Seven, and slay, and slay not, and slay not the life which Allah has or hath forbidden, and slay not the life which Allah hath forbidden, save with right. Whoso is slain wrongfully, we have given power unto his rightful representative, but let him not commit excess in slaying. Lo, he will be helped. 8. Come not near the property of the orphan, save with that which is better till he comes to strength. 9. And keep the covenant. Lo, of the covenant it will be asked. 10. Fill the measure when you measure and weigh with the right balance. This is meat and best refuge. 11. Follow not that whereof thou hast no knowledge, lo, the hearing and the sight and the heart of each of these it will be asked. 12. And walk not in the earth exultant, lo, thou canst not rend the earth, nor canst thou stretch to the height of the hills the evil of all that is hateful the evil of all the evil of all that that is the, the evil of all that is hateful in the sight of thy lord this is part of the wisdom wherewith thy lord hath inspired thee o muhammad and set not up with allah any other god lest thou be cast into hell, reproved, abandoned. These commandments, comparable to and more comprehensive than those given to Moses, they were revealed to the Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessing be upon him, during the Mi'raj, the Ascension. It would be too lengthy to cite here all the Quranic exhortations. However, we may quote a passage, of, uh, chapter 4, verses 36 to 38, in which it speaks of the social behavior of the average man, and serve Allah, ascribe nothing as partner unto him, show kindness unto parents and unto near kindred and orphans and the needy and and unto the neighbor who is of kin unto you and the neighbor who is not of kin and the fellow traveler and the fellow traveler and the wayfarer and the slaves whom your right hands possess lo allah loveth not such as are proud and boastful who hoard their wealth and enjoin avarice on others and hide that which Allah hath bestowed upon them of his bounty for disbelievers. We prepare a shameful doom and also for those who spend their wealth in order to be seen of men and believe not in Allah nor the last day, whoso taketh Satan for a comrade, a bad comrade hath he. In another passage, 
chapter 49 verses 10 to 12, the Quran describes the characteristics of Muslim society. The believers are not else than brothers. Therefore, make peace between your brethren and observe your duty to Allah that haply you may obtain mercy, O you who believe. Let not a folk deride a folk who may be better than they are, nor let woman deride woman who may be better than they are, neither defame one another nor insult one another by nicknames. Bad is the name of lewdness after embracing the faith, and whoso turneth not in repentance, such are evil doers. O you who believe, shun much suspicion. For lo, some suspicion is a crime, and spy not, neither backbite one another. Would one of you like to eat the flesh of his dead brother by backbiting? Ye abhor that, so abhor the other, and keep your duty to Allah. Lo, Allah is relenting, is relenting, merciful. The fault and its expiation. Nobody, the fault and its, its expiation. Nobody could object to good counsel offered in the above mentioned verses, but man has his weaknesses. He is constituted simultaneously of the elements of good and evil. By his innate defects, he gets angry, he is subject to temptations and is driven to do harm to those who are weaker and have no means of defending or avenging themselves. Similarly, his noble sentiments make him repent afterwards and in proportion to the force of his repentance, he tries more or less to rectify the harm he had done. Islam divides faults into two categories, those which are committed against the rights of Allah, unbelief, neglect of worship, etc., and those against the rights of men. Moreover, Allah does not pardon the harm done by a man to his fellow being. It is the victim who alone can pardon. If one does harm to another creature, be it man, animal, or any other one commits uh, moreover, Allah does not pardon the, ma- the, the, the pardon the harm done by a man to his fellow being. It is the victim who, who alone can pardon. If one does harm to another creature, be it man, animal, or any other uh, any other or any other one, uh, commits in fact a double crime. A crime against one's immediate victim and also a crime against Allah since the criminal conduct, since the criminal conduct in a question constitutes a violation of the divine prescriptions. It is such that when there is an injustice or a crime against another creature, one has not only to try to repair the damage by restituting Uh, to the victim of one's violation, the right which had been taken away from him, but he has also to beg pardon of Allah. In a famous saying of his, the Prophet Muhammad gave a warning that on doomsday a certain person would be thrown in hell because he 
had tied up a cat with a rope, giving it neither to eat nor to drink, for letting it go and seek its uh, not to drink, nor letting it go and seek itself the food, thus causing the death of the poor animal in inanition. In, 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 in Again, in a famous saying of his, the Prophet Muhammad gave a warning that on doomsday a certain person would be thrown in hell because he had tied up a cat with a rope or with a rope giving it neither to eat nor to drink nor letting it go and seek itself the food thus causing the death of the poor animal in uh, Indonesian. In another hadith the prophet spoke of divine punishment on those men who did not fulfill their duty against even the animals by not giving them sufficient food or loading them beyond their strength, etc. The Prophet, may peace and a blessing fall upon him, prohibited even the hewing down of trees without necessity. Men should profit by what Allah has created, yet in an equitable and reasonable measure, avoiding all dissipation and waste. When one causes damage to another and wishes to repair it, there are several ways he could adopt. Sometimes by merely asking pardon, everything is set right. All, or at other times, at other times it may be necessary to restitute the rights which were taken away or replace them if the original rights could not be restituted and so on. To show clemency to others and pardon them is a noble quality, and upon this Islam has often insisted. In eulogizing, in eulogizing it, the Quran in chapter 3 verses 133 to 134, the Quran says, And vie one with another for forgiveness from your Lord, and for a paradise as wide as the heavens and the earth, prepared for the pious, who spend as charity in case and in adversity. Who spend as charity in ease and in adversity. Who control their wrath and are forgiving towards mankind. And Allah loveth the doers of good. Pardon is recommended, yet vengeance is also permitted for the average man. In this respect, the Quran, chapter 42, verse 40, says the, uh, the, the, uh, the garden or the garden of an ill deed is an ill the like thereof. The Garden of an ill deed, the garden of an ill deed is an ill deed like thereof. But whoever pardoneth and amendeth, his wage is the affair of Allah. Lo, he loveth not the oppressors. This is one of many similar verses. Allah is incomparably more forgiving and merciful than the most merciful of men. Among the names with which Islam calls Allah, 
there is Rahman, most merciful, Tawab, most pardoning, Afu, one who effaces faults, Ghaffar, most forgiving, etc. Those who commit a sin against Allah and then repent find Allah full of indulgence. Two verses of, of the Quran may show the Islamic notion of the bounty of Allah. A. Verily Allah pardoneth not that partners should be ascribed unto him, while he pardoneth all else to whom he will. Quran chapter 4 verse 116. B. O my slaves who have been a prodigal uh, to your own heart, to your own heart, O my slaves who have been prodigal to your own hurt, despair not of the mercy of Allah. Verily Allah forgiveth all sins. Verily he is the forgiving, the merciful. Quran chapter 39 verse 53. If one gives up disbelief and if one gives up disbelief and turns to Allah to beg pardon of him, one can always hope for his clemency. Man is weak and often breaks his resolutions, but true repentance can always restore restore the grace of Allah. There is no formality, no buying of divine pardon by the mediation of other men, but one must turn directly to Allah, present him one's sincere regrets in a in a teeth a teeth conversation, munajat, in a teeth, a teeth conversation, munajat, for he is the knower of all and nothing could be concealed from him. The love of Allah for his creatures is a hundred and more times greater than that of a mother for her child as has once been remarked by the Prophet, may peace and a blessing fall upon him. For the Prophet Muhammad has said, mercy has been divided by Allah into 100 portions of which he has returned to himself 99 and distributed the one portion among all the beings living on the earth. The mutual mercy found among the creatures comes from the same. In a saintly saying, Hadith Qudsi, or divine saying, the Prophet, may peace and blessing be upon him, reports Allah as saying, Whoever tries to approach me by a cupid, I approach him by a fathom. Whoever comes towards me walking, I run to meet him. The Quran chapter 11 verse 114 announces no doubt. Verily, the good deeds carry away evil deeds or erases or, uh, or erase evil deeds. Verily, the good deeds carry away evil deeds, meaning erase evil deeds. Alms and charities are no doubt recommended, yet they do not buy automatically the divine, uh, the divine pardon for a given sin. Each has an independent existence and Allah's freedom is absolute. <coughs> the injunctions. The Quran often employs two characteristics 
sorry, the Quran often employs two characteristic terms to designate the good and the evil. Thus, it refers to ma'roof, the good known to everybody and recognized as such, and munkar, the evil denounced by everybody and recognized as such. In other words, the Quran has confidence in human nature, in the common sense of man. There will never be a unanimity in favor of the evil, even if some people permit it to themselves. Is the purport, again, there will never be a unanimity in favor of the evil, even if some people permit it to themselves. This is the purport of a well-known saying of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. May peace and a blessing fall upon him. The Quran in chapter 3 verse 110 calls the faithful the best community and explains that this is so because they enjoin good ma'roof and forbid the evil munkar and believe in the one true God Allah. Another In another passage, one, uh, chapter 103 verses 1 to 3, is still another passage, is still more emphatic. By the time, lo, man is in a state of loss, man is in a state of loss, save those who believe and do good works and exhort one another to truth or right and exhort one another to endurance or constancy. But there are also injunctions against particular evils. As has already been remarked, there are those which accompany a sanction and a public punishment, and those regarding which there is only a warning of punishment in the hereafter, and except in cases of extraordinary gravity, the public authorities do not take cognizance of them. In his celebrated speech on the occasion of the farewell pilgrimage, the Prophet, may peace and blessing be upon him, declared the inviolability of the rights of a man in all the uh, three categories of person, property, and honor. In fact, the Muslim penal law takes it into account, declaring that the principal crimes are the following murder damage to body, fornication and adultery, which are all crimes against the person, theft and highway robbery, which are crimes against property, and calumny against chastity and consumption of alcoholic drinks, constituting crimes against honor. All these are punished. As for the damages, as for the damages against uh, person, the punishment is in a principle retaliation, life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But there is first of all the great principle of motive and intention. Has one caused damage voluntarily or only by accident? Again, there is the choice for the victim or the heirs of his rights to agree to a, a pecuniary reparation, pecuniary reparation, or even pardon completely. If the judicial proof establishes that the crime was intentional, public authorities have no right to pardon the matter rests with the sufferer. 
Entirely different is the case of fornication and adultery, for the consent of the parties does not uh, attenuate its gravity. Entirely different is the case of fornication and adultery, for the consent of the parties does not attenuate its gravity. The Prophet had so greatly succeeded in developing justice and self-criticism uh, among his companions that they preferred the severest public, the severest public punishment in this world to the one in the hereafter, and they presented themselves voluntarily before the Prophet to confess their sins and submit themselves cheerfully to the legal sanctions. Outside confession, it is always very difficult to prove illicit sexual relations if the parties were willing. In order to diminish the temptation, Islam has taken other precautions, also prohibition of promiscuity, of easy and unsupervised meetings meetings between the young of opposite sexes if they are not uh, near relatives, and even the recommendation of the veil to cover the face of the woman if she goes out in the street or meets strangers. Far from attracting the far from attracting the gaze of the amorous strangers, far from attracting the gaze of, of the amorous strangers by her cocked, uh, by her uh, coquetry by her coquetry it is the duty of a Muslim woman to reserve her beauty and her attraction only for her husband. The veil has other advantages also for the woman. One knows the great difference between the exterior of those women who work in the fields, for instance, and of those who are not exposed to the sun. One knows also the difference between the outer and inner feathers of a bird. In fact, the veil preserves uh, for a longer time the charm. In fact, the veil preserves for a longer time the charm and a freshness of the skin. One can see that plainly on comparing the skin of the face or hands with that of other parts of the body, which are habitually covered by the dress. The veil does not at all signify seclusion, but it does diminish the temptation that could attract strangers. It is abusing the credulity of the simpleton to make belief or to make believe that covering the face with a veil generates tuberculosis. It is abusing the credulity of the simpleton to make believe that covering the face with a veil generates tuberculosis. This disease is as prevalent among people where women folk never uses a veil, not only in uh, black Africa, but even in the most highly developed societies from Finland to Italy, as the latest research has brought to light. In passing, it may be mentioned that there is no legal penalty for the neglect of this Quranic recommendation. <clears throat> we do not require to enter into the details of the different aspects of the injunction against theft and high robbery 
or other crimes against property. It is characteristic of Islam to have imposed a penalty on the defamation of women in the matter of their chastity. When one thinks of the numerous occasions when one indulges in conjure, uh, when one thinks of the numerous occasions one, when one indulges uh, in conjures against neighbors or other women and the case with which one gives liberty to one's tongue in the company of friends, one will admit that this Islamic break is well-founded in the interests of society. It is characteristic of Islam to have imposed a penalty on the defamation of women in the matter of their chastity. When one thinks of the numerous occasions when one indulges in, conjures against neighbors or other women and the case with which one gives liberty to one's tongue in the company of friends, one will admit that this Islamic break is well-founded in the interests of society. If someone intends to accuse a woman, if someone intends to accuse a woman, one should produce judicial proofs, otherwise conjures touching the honor of a woman will be punished with severe sanctions. The prohibition of alcoholic drinks is one of the most well-known traits of Islam. It was by gradual steps that the Quran had enforced it. They questioned thee about alcoholic drinking games of chance, say in both there is great sin and certain profits for men, yet the sin of them is greater than their usefulness. Chapter 2, verse 219. Again, in chapter 4, verse 43, all you who believe draw not near unto surface of worship why when you are drunk or you who believe draw not near unto surface of worship when you are drunk till you know that which he utter and finally in chapter 5 verses 93 and and 94 all you who believe verily the wine and games of chance and idols and divining arrows are only an infamy of Satan's handiwork, leave it aside, haply you may prosper. Satan seeketh only to cast among you enmity and hatred by means of wine and games of chance and to turn you from remembrance of Allah and from his worship. Will you then abstain? It will not be, it will not pass, it will not pass unnoticed uh, in this last verse, it will not pass unnoticed that in this last verse, the Quran includes alcoholic drinks and idolatry in the same category. During his life, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, administered 40 stripes to those who violated the injunction. The Caliph Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, doubled the punishment, arguing, arguing that drunkenness leads to obscene uh, loquacity in which one culminates the chastity of woman for which latter crime the Quran chapter 24 uh, verse 4 has the Quran has imposed the punishment of 80 stripes therefore alcoholic drinks should also have the same sanction 
what enormous economic loss would be avoided and how many homes would recover peace if drink so, dang- so dangerous to health and morality were given up. What enormous economic loss would be avoided and how many homes would recover peace if a drink so dangerous to health and morality were given up. Among the acts for which no definite penalty has been prescribed but which are left to the discretion of the judge, we may mention games of chance of all kinds, including lotteries, gambling on the results of races, etc. Who does not know the tragedies of casinos? How many homes have not been ruined in the vain hope of easy gain and therefore illicit gain? Lotteries on national scales gradually upset the equitable distribution of the country's wealth and prove to be the source of all economic ills. They affect politics too. In his anxiety for cleansing society and above all public administration from corruption, the Prophet, may peace and a blessing will be upon him, employed the severest term, the severest terms of condemnation. One who takes as well as one who offers a bribe would both go to hell. One day a tax collector submitted his accounts to the Prophet by saying these are the public revenues and these are gifts which people have offered me. Getting furious, the Prophet mounted the pulpit of his mosque and addressed the people. Let these tax collectors remain in the house of their mothers and see if gifts come to them. Without the knowledge of her husband, one day the wife of the Caliph Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, with both of them, through an official envoy, proceeding to Byzantium, a present to the wife of the emperor, who in her turn sent a precious necklace. Again, without the knowledge of her husband, one day the wife of the Caliph Umar sent, sent through an official envoy, proceeding to Byzantium, a present to the wife of the emperor, who in her turn sent a precious necklace. When the caliph learned this news, he confiscated the necklace in favor of the public treasury uh, and paid his wife the value of her original present to the uh, empress, as has been recorded by Tabari. In order to ameliorate public morality, in order to ameliorate public uh, morality, the prophet, may peace and blessing will be upon him, said, one day, don't insult time. It is Allah that you insult because the successions of nights and days comes from Allah or from him. This is an admonition that deserves to be considered by our contemporaries even today. After all, what avails our malediction of the weather after all, what avails our malediction of the weather so many times every day, if not to prove our own stupidity? Islam does not exact the impossible. 
It seeks only to bring a constant betterment of human morals in all walks of life by means available to individuals and collectivities. And the responsibility will always remain personal. So the Quran in chapter 2 verse 286 says, For each soul it is only that which it hath earned and against it only that which it hath deserved. A noble spirit does not permit itself evil on the pretext that others also indulge in the same. Instead of imitating the vices of others, one should rather set others uh, an example of good and of integrity of character. Some remarks may be made on social conduct in general. Regarding the rights of good neighborliness, the Prophet Muhammad declared Gabriel has so often and so greatly insisted upon the rights of neighbors that I feared that he was going to accord them the right to, in, to heritage even as to the near relatives of a deceased. It is related that there lived a Jew in the neighborhood of the Prophet in Medina and the Prophet himself set an example to show how a Muslim should treat his non-Muslim neighbors. Among other daily acts of courtesy, the Prophet used to go to the house of this Jew if he fell ill in order to inquire about his health and to be otherwise of help to him. As regards daily relations with others, the Prophet, may peace and blessing fall upon, declared, none of you is a believer if he does not like for his brother exactly that which he likes for his own self. Or again, the best of men is he who does good to others. The Quran chapter 59 verse 9 has spoken of a concrete case, that of the first Muslims of Medina who had extended their hospitality to the Meccan refugees and it and the Quran cites them as an example of practical Islam. They prefer the refugees above themselves, though poverty be their own lot. To conclude, to conclude, all you who believe, all you who believe, be you staunch in justice, witnesses for Allah even though it be against yourselves or your parents or your kindred, whether the case be of a rich man or a poor man. Again, to conclude, all you who believe, be you or be ye staunch in justice, witnesses for Allah, even though it be against yourselves or your parents or your kindred, whether the case be of a rich man or a poor man. Quran chapter 4, verse 135. Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah. That's the end of the book titled or uh, Islamic System of Morality written by Dr. Muhammad Hamidullah. Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah. This is Dr. Khaled Dosiri from Dhamam, Saudi Arabia, recording this beautiful book. Take care, everybody. Peace. Salam.